You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hey guys, welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. It's just Ryan here tonight. I'm actually recording this after I've already done the live episode. There was something wrong with the audio at the beginning of the episode, so I went ahead and cut that part out. So... You're not really missing anything anyways, I promise. If you're really interested, you can go listen to the beginning, but it was cutting in and out. So anyways, here's the rest of the episode. I hope you enjoy it. (laughs) Tonight was mostly just kind of meh game, especially in the first period. And uh, what I kind of thought about in the first period was I don't know if anybody has ever watched The Amanda Show from like the late thousands, like late or the early thousands, late 90s. Uh, she had that character that would always go, meh That's kind of how I thought about how the first period went tonight. It, it was it was pretty rough to watch. It was not much that was going on, and it was boring, and the stars were not really pressing or anything like that. So I, I'm not sure what was going on for with the Dallas Stars tonight, but uh, it was really, 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 really rough. So, but... You know, Robertson got it going for the Stars uh, there at the end of the first period, and then they just started clicking in the second period. Uh, Lots of storylines coming into the game tonight before the game even got started. Um, Carter Hart versus Ottinger tonight. Uh, I thought Ottinger had a very good game tonight. Uh, I feel bad for Carter Hart. He's such a good goaltender, but he just plays behind a really, really, really crappy defense that is way overpaid. Travis Sandheim, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, there's there's other players that are just way overpaid on that blue line, and it's it's no fault of Daniel Briere, who is the current GM of the Philadelphia Flyers, but it was all with Chuck Fletcher and what he did with this team. He thought this team was really close, and they're not. So, and I don't know if y'all actually saw this, but Tortorella looked done with the season. He he looked completely done. Just watching him behind the bench and. I don't know how many of you have actually known this, but the past couple of games, he's actually spent time in the press box rather than behind the bench as the head coach. He's letting his assistants kind of run the game and everything like that. So he, he's done with the season. And it really looked like tonight that the Flyers are done with the season. But anyways, let's talk about uh, more stuff. So obviously the big thing coming into tonight's game was but before anything happened was the fact that Rope Hintz was a game time decision. He didn't even take warm ups before the game, and then he was obviously not in the lineup tonight. So I'm hoping this is just a precaution kind of thing. He obviously didn't play the end of the last game on Monday, and uh, that was a bit of a concern. But from what it sounds like, it doesn't sound like it's super serious, but. I just hope that that's not going to continue for Ropa Hints going down the path. Um, Tyler Sagan filled in on his spot on the top line. I thought he did okay. I mean, 
he's had some really good chemistry with both of those guys, with Pavelski and with Robertson in the past, especially in January, like Razor mentioned during the broadcast, when he was like on a hot streak, when Hintz was really hurt. But I thought resting Hintz was kind of a good idea tonight, and hopefully it's just like a one-time thing and that's all it was, and he's just nursing a, a little nagging injury. So I hope that uh, that is the case for Rope Hintz. I liked seeing uh, Kiviranta back in the lineup. It, it really sucks for him because he's played so well for the Stars this season and so many intangible spots he's done so well. He's been able to draw calls, which he's done, which he did again tonight. Um, and he's looked really good, and he doesn't deserve to kind of get pulled out of the lineup, which is kind of what happened just because of – probably because other players were tired and Olofsson had been sitting for a while. Olofsson needed a game, so he kind of got in in the last game. But – he looked really good with uh, Max Domi and Ty Delandria. Ty Delandria just cannot hit the net to save his life. He, he's had, he had a couple chances tonight where he where he just can't get it on net, and then when he does it when he does get it on net and he appears to score, it gets called back. So <laughs> he's just kind of fighting the uh, scoring bug right now. It would really be good to see him hit double digits uh, this season. And I think he's at eight right now. And I mean, ten goals for. A guy who should be on your fourth line, which I know he's kind of bounced around a little bit this season, but he really should be on the fourth line. Ten goals for a fourth liner is fantastic. Um, I, I think Foxa has done that. I think Foxa has 12 on the season, if I remember correctly. So lots of uh, guys who are kind of contributing offensively. All right. So kind of getting into this game, there. F- first thing I kind of wrote about was, I mean, holy crap, we got to talk about Colin Miller for a second. The guy can shoot the puck, and it makes me question why we didn't see it more often like throughout the season because he has got a wicked shot. Now, I'm not saying it's super accurate sometimes, especially the slap shot, <laughs> but dang, 97.5 miles per hour. That's That was like the first thing that I kind of wrote down here in my notes before anything else is the fact that he had that kind of a shot. And his wrist shot that he actually scored on tonight was, I think it was like 87 and a half or 80, 88, 86, something. And that was a wrist shot. Some guys don't have a slap shot that they can shoot that fast. So Miller, shoot more often, shoot way more often. Um, I thought Miller in particular, other than his offensive side of the game, which has been really good. And like chat over here has mentioned, James, uh, three goals in five games for him. So he's doubled up his goal scoring in the last five games. He's now got six on the season. And he's looked fantastic on both sides of the puck. And I also want to talk about his uh, defensive partner tonight in Thomas Harley. Thomas Harley looks so good. He really does. He had one play that I was just like, eh, it, it wasn't a good play by him in his defensive zone. But you know what? His d- defense partner kind of helped him out there, Miller. And then they also had a lot of forward help tonight, which is something that I need. I think needs to be mentioned as well. But before I get off of Miller and Harley, the two of them together have looked very, very good, which I don't think is a coincidence, if you ask me. When you look at the way that Harley plays, it is very similar to Miro Haskinen. He is definitely a puck-moving defenseman, very similar to... Klingberg and that's something that we haven't had a lot of this season in particular our defense has been 
okay at times this season, but other times they've looked bad. I think Harley is the answer on this defensive core right now. We've just needed a second guy who can move the puck. And we've seen Miller kind of placed with Miro Haskinen a good majority of the season. So I I don't think it's a coincidence that Miller looks good with Harley. And so just like I mentioned that Miller kind of helped out Harley when he had that one play that was a little iffy in the third period, there was another kind of weird play that Miller had where uh, Harley blocked a shot and got it out for him. So it's the the two guys seem to have a lot of synergy, a lot of chemistry between those two guys. And right now they're our third pairing. And if they're our third pairing, that gets me excited because I, I like the way that they play together. Now, the, the downside of this when you're looking at the defensive core, I'm kind of jumping from topic to topic, guys. Sorry, follow my ADHD brain here. Come on, follow with me. The bad thing about this pairing in particular that you don't really like to see is the fact that Miro Haskinen is paid with is paired paid paired with Ryan Suter. Now, a lot of Stars fans will look at that as kind of a negative thing. I would argue that Ryan Suter has been playing the best hockey as a Dallas Star very recently, in fact, and. He had another good game tonight. Uh, I mean, I as much crap as Stars fans give him, and I mean, I've given it to him in the past, and I've tried to stay off of him because of how much crap he gets from Dallas Stars fans. I have to praise him when he's when he's doing good. He he wasn't super noticeable tonight. Um, I, I know they had that one play, him and Hawk and Paul, where they were out on the ice at the same time. It was one mistake. It was one mistake, and yeah, it kind of screwed the shutout bid for Jay Cottinger, but you know what? It's one mistake that they were able to capitalize on, and I'm not all that worried about it because nine times out of ten, they're not going to miscommunicate like that, and either one or the other is going to get it. But I thought other than that one play, Suter had a very good game tonight, and his offense have has actually been ticking up for for the way that he has offense, if that makes any sense. Like, his his projection is not supposed to be very high. So that's that. Um, the, the thing I wanted to get back to with this team is the two-way game that they've been playing as of recent. And it looks like they've been doing a really good job of going back and forth. And here's what I'm talking about. We've seen a lot of goals from defensemen lately, and especially in the, we just talked about Colin Miller, three goals in the last five games. He's been jumping up on the offense and off the rush. But what's also been really nice to see is, yes, the defensemen are getting into the rush and getting up there. But what I've also loved is the fact that the offense, the offense, the forwards have been getting back defensively. So it's like they have this system of interchangeable parts, if that makes any sense. So they've got all five guys who are comfortable at any time either playing offense or defense. Yes, they have a specific way that they should be focused on. So obviously, like, you know, the Pavelski line should really be focusing on the offense more and then looking back at that. But what I love to see is just the two-way game out of this team. And especially when I look at the defending Stanley Cup champions, when you look at the Colorado Avalanche and at the way they play, especially with their defense core, that's exactly how teams win games late here in the season. And they've been doing it fantastically as of late. So 
Hopefully going into the playoffs, the Stars are able to keep this up and to continue with this type of play. Um, I really wanted to highlight also, to kind of jump into another topic, is the fourth line tonight. I really thought that the fourth line was really, really excellent tonight. And they kind of really got the assertiveness going late in the first period when the Stars were not on their horse and getting up at all. So I liked to see how, and again, Kiviranta was the one who kind of put the Stars on the power play here tonight. But it just just in general, the, the whoever has been on that fourth line has been excellent, whether it's Foxa, Glenn Denning, or uh, Delandria. It, whether one of those four guys or Olafson, I forgot Olafson. Whether any of those five guys have been on the ice, they they've been excellent, and I, I I've loved how that fourth line has played. I can't exactly say in years past that we've had a fourth line that we can rely upon for assertiveness, for just getting a shift off for our top three lines who can all score. And then even lately, they've been able to kind of pot in offensively as well. So it's good to see the fourth line um, doing really well tonight. Um, A couple of... This seems to be like the year of records for the Dallas Stars. So obviously, we've already kind of discussed about Jason Robertson on this podcast recently. Jason Robertson is just a freak of nature, man. That, that he, I mean, he that's his nickname, F-O-N, for me. <laughs> He's just a freak. It's ridiculous. At the end of the first period, when it looks like the Stars are going to get absolutely nothing, and it's just going to be a kind of meh period, and, you know, it, it's exactly how Philadelphia would want to play, right? They're on the road. They're playing against a team that is obviously better than them, obviously more skilled than them, and it looks like it's going to be nothing-nothing. And Robertson's like, oh, I got a couple of seconds left. Let me try. His first shot gets blocked, and then he just tucks it home up in the corner. It's He he is an absolute freak of nature, and I, I don't understand, and I don't know how he does it. it. He is absolutely a freak of nature. He is currently, I believe, at either 103 or 104 points on the season, so he's currently either tied or is fourth in franchise history in the single-season points record. That's a mouthful. Try and say that five times fast. So he's continuing to kind of make his way up that ladder. He is He's already the Dallas Stars' number one player in single-season points record, but I don't think he gets there. But again, I'm not going to count him out because he's Jason Robertson. So he had a fantastic night tonight. I think he had three points on the evening, if I remember correctly. Oh, I, I'd have to look that up. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Ryan here. From tea to green, the best place to go to get in on all the action happening on the links is DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers will receive an odds boost to add plus 1,000 to any pre-tournament wager up to $10 on any golfer to win. So for example, if you're a new customer and you see a golfer to win the tournament at plus 1,000 odds, DraftKings will boost that golfer to plus 2,000 odds for your shot at a bigger payout. DraftKings will also be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day before the tournament starts to see what they have in store. I'm obviously going to be going with my boy, Jordan Spieth. I think he's going to win the tournament, plus I got to root for him because naturally, he's a Dallas boy, so I'm going to go with him. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code THPN and boost your odds during this weekend's tournament. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. <laughs> Uh, while I'm looking that up, I, I also kind of want to mention it in in a overlooked thing I thought tonight. Joe Pavelski, man, it, did, just like we can't say enough good things about Jason Robertson, I cannot say enough good things about Joe Pavelski. He does everything right. He does every every single freaking thing right. He is a leader in the locker room. He's a former captain. This is exactly a kind of guy that this team needs. He plays first-line minutes as a 38-year-old. The guy takes a pay cut to stay here with the Stars, and then he takes another pay cut going into next season, and he's going to continue to be on this team. And he is the absolute perfect third person of the best line in all of hockey. He, he's better than the perfection line than Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak. That, no, that, who cares about that line? This line in the NHL has been the most productive, the most consistent, the best line in hockey for the last three years. And this was at a point when these three guys were kind of just kind of smushed together when they got put together because they were the top three guys that were getting points on the team. And then they just haven't looked back since. And, I mean, I can count on one hand the number of times that these three guys have not either started the game together or been in a game together. So, it, it again, it, it just he does everything right, Joe Pavelski does. And I haven't even gotten to the big thing. He is now at 999 points in his NHL career. There have only been 10 other American-born players that have uh, done that, and I believe one of those is Mike Madonna. And he he's 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 gonna do it. He's he's gonna get to a thousand points. And what I hope happens is because I I think I'm going to the game on Saturday. I'm not quite sure. I'm hope I, I'm there for the game on Saturday against the Vegas Golden Knights, and he gets a point there. And then they honor him in the last game of the season. That would be fantastic uh, against St. Louis. I would love to see that for Jay. Or for Jason Robertson, for Joe Pavelski. The, the, the guy is ridiculous. I, I mean, did, did I mention he's 38? Okay, I, I'm, I'm done. I don't, I don't know what else to say because he's just a, a freak of nature part two. Uh, maybe he's an ager of nature. I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with words here. Okay, um, also I wanted to mention Miro Haskinen, who is also on his own record of, shor- of sorts. And he is currently two points away from breaking Sergei Zubov's record of most points in a season by a defenseman. He's got 69. I actually wrote this on my notes. I was like, oh, he's got 69 points? Nice. 
and uh, Zuboff has got 71. So, again, he's 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 got time. He's got time. He's got he's three points away from breaking the record, and two away from tying it. So, th- this team just seems to be breaking records left and right. And the last time that a team like this from the Dallas Stars was doing it was when they were starting to enter their quote unquote Stanley Cup window between '98 to like 2002. So. I hope we're getting there. Keeping my fingers crossed. I got I got goosebumps when I was thinking about this. I was just like, this team can win the Stanley Cup. This team can absolutely win the Stanley Cup when they're playing their best. So currently they are uh, first in the Central Division, but from what I'm looking at and what Chad is telling me, it looked like San Jose was up one to nothing at one point when I turned the game off, and now they're up. Four to one. No, the Avalanche were up four to one. So, whatever. But it is what it is. So, uh, but we'll see what happens with the Stars. I I really think they still have a shot of getting first in the division. If you had asked me two weeks ago, I would have said no, and that the Stars would have been third in the division. But now, I think still the most likely thing is they get second in the division. And they end up playing the Wild in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So that would be a extremely interesting matchup for the Dallas Stars. I know Saad Youssef on Twitter has been kind of smoking up that possibility of that matchup being there for the Dallas Stars. It would be fun. It's big brother against little brother. You know, obviously this the obviously the Dallas Metroplex area kind of stole the Minnesota Wild or the Minnesota North Stars away from the state of hockey. So we'll see what how it goes. Uh, there's a possibility that uh, Kirill Kaprizov will be it, entering back into the lineup for the Minnesota Wild. We'll see how he does. That will be very interesting to see if he's going to be able to be, you know, game speed right off the bat or if he's going to be slow and it's going to take him a couple of games before we reach the playoffs. Um to kind of wrap it up here tonight, because we're already getting a little late here, and you know th- this game is kind of a a meh kind of game. I wouldn't have been mad if the Stars had lost this game because it, it, it's kind of hard to get up for these games, especially when you know you've already made the playoffs and you're either going to be the second, third, or second or th- I say the second or third seed, the first, second, or third seed. It's whatever; it doesn't matter. But. It's kind of hard to get up for these games, especially when it's against the Philadelphia Flyers, who have really been struggling this year. They're now 0-4-1 in their last five, and they were on a four-game winning streak at home before they went on uh, this road trip that they're on. So they, 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 they took care of business. That's what it was tonight. They, they started slow. Ottinger kept it in, kept him in it. The fourth line got him going. Robo got a goal there at the end, and then they just took over in the second period. Third period, they locked it down. That's pretty much the game in a nutshell. So, but what I really want to look forward to before we wrap it up here tonight is I want to look forward at this Vegas game. This is the last, I would argue, the last meaningful game that the Dallas Stars have in the season, in the regular season, before they figure out who they're going to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the first round. So, obviously, the Vegas Golden Knights have been playing well. They've been playing better than the Stars as of late. They've been playing really good. The Stars have been above average, I would say, that Vegas has been at the next level, they've been playing out of their minds right now, especially along with the Wild and along with the Avalanche. So while the Stars have kind of been keeping pace and just 
playing really good hockey, pretty decent hockey, you know, above average, maybe even like a step above that. Those three teams have just gone past it and have been excellent for, I would argue, probably the last two months. Because the Stars at one point had a 14-point lead on the Avalanche, and as that the Avalanche have been kind of getting healthier, that lead has definitely kind of dramatically decreased. So we'll see how the Stars do against the Vegas Golden Knights. I kind of want to look real quick about uh, where each team kind of has an advantage in. Obviously, let's start with goaltending. I think Dallas easily has the advantage in goaltending right now. Whether it doesn't, and it doesn't matter who that Vegas goes with. Whether they go with Logan Thompson, who I, I don't even know if he's hurt or if he's in. It seems like they're going through like every goaltender right now. Uh, Lauren Bressois, Aiden Hill, Jonathan Quick. It doesn't matter who they have in net. Jake Ottinger is is right now better than all four of those goaltenders. The only thing that scares me is that it's Jonathan Quick. I mean, you have to still consider that. Just like Mark Andre Fleury is not the starting netminder for the Minnesota Wild. He's still Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> he, the guy knows how to play in the playoffs, and he knows how to play big games. So that's going to be, and the only intangible that I think the Minnesota, or excuse me, that the Vegas Golden Knights have over the Dallas Stars is that Quick is a good goaltender, and he knows how to perform in those big moments. But so does Ottinger. Ottinger does as well. Ottinger's just much much younger, and I would argue he's had a better season. So still overall, he's I I think the Stars have the advantage. And goaltending in that part. Defensively, I think it's kind of kind of equal. Kind of equal. I would maybe give a little bit of an edge to to Vegas. Uh Vegas has got Petrangelo, they've got Theodore, uh, they've got I, I actually really like Colin Whitecloud, who they have. Uh, he's a really good player. And but the, the stars have just been a little too in, inconsistent this season with their defensive court. Now I would argue the last two games, Harley has kind of solidified that defense a little bit. He's kind of been that solution short term. I still think he needs a little bit more of a... He needs still more games until I feel 100% confident that he really is the answer going into the playoffs for the Dallas Stars on the blue line. So we'll see how that goes, And but I will give the advantage to the Vegas Golden Knights when it comes to defense. Now, for forwards, i got to give it to the Dallas Stars. Uh, the Stars have got three lines that are kind of clicking right now. They're all playing really well uh, offensively. Even if the fourth line is not getting a whole bunch of offense, they're still able to get this team on the power play. They're still giving getting energy for this team, and uh, they're, they're still causing things to happen for the Dallas Stars. So... And tonight is a perfect example of that. So when the Stars look flat, throw the fourth line out there, they get some energy, Robertson goes in, gets a goal on the power play. So that's, I mean, that's exactly what the Stars needed tonight, and they got it from their fourth line. Um, the thing that will be interesting also, going back to the defense for a little bit, is this is the first opponent of significance, I would say, that Harley will face. He... I get the Monday game, sorry, but no, it's not of a coincidence. Thursday, not of coincidence either. This this game against the Vegas Golden Knights is really going to tell us whether Harley is going to be able to kind of hang in there with the big boys and be able to play for us when the playoffs come around. I, I, I mean, I truly think that he's here to stay. 
I really think he's here to stay if if he continues to play like this. He's played two great games now, and he was extremely noticeable tonight in many facets of the game. In the defensive side of the game, he blocked a shot with after a really bad Miller turnover, and then he was also able to kind of take care of the offensive part of the game. We saw him getting involved in the rush. We saw him with a re- a couple of really good stretch passes that led to some scoring chances for the Stars. I think there was one that Domi had. So we'll have to see how the Dallas Stars do uh, going off of there. And before I truly wrap it up, biggest winner, biggest loser tonight, uh, the biggest winner for me has got to be the Dallas power play, and especially against the Philadelphia Flyers. I think they went five for six. I think five for six is what they've gone on the power play this season against uh, Philadelphia. So just fantastic. And again, that's another facet of the game in the playoffs that you really need to be able to rely upon and to really get a clutch goal when you need it. Um, the biggest loser tonight is, I- I'll go with it again just because of how good Harley has been playing, is Nils Lundqvist. I, I mean, I feel bad for the guy because he came here kind of looking for a change of scenery after he kind of got out of the lineup in uh, New York with the Rangers. But he he's had his chances, and for whatever reason, the coaching staff just does not trust him. So it sucks for him, but I, I think he gets put down. I, I, I don't know if he needs to go through waivers or anything like that. I think he's still on his entry-level contract, and I think he's just going to take the place of Thomas Harley for the Texas Stars down in the AHL when they make their AHL playoff push. And Harley's going to stay with the Stars, and I think that's going to be it. So we'll see what the coaching staff decides, what Jim Nill decides, and uh, we will also hopefully see Ryan Marchment here. Ryan Marchment. (laughs) You can tell I'm tired, guys. Sorry. Brian March. Mason. Oh, my goodness. That's his dad. Oh, Mason Marchment. Mason Marchment. We will hopefully see him soon. And it looks like he's going to get in a game or two before the season is over. So lots of things to talk about. And we'll be back with you guys again on Saturday. I apologize. I'm getting really tired here. It's been a long, long, long week for me. Uh, Anyways, guys, I really appreciate you guys uh, following along with me tonight. Those of you that are watching live, there was about 23 people at the peak here tonight that we're listening and watching this podcast. So thank y'all for doing that. And thank those of you also to those of you that are listening afterwards. I appreciate it. Please go and look at sarcasticremarks.com for all the latest news from our podcast. Uh, go and check out sarcasticremarks.shop.com. Uh, That's all of our latest merch option as well. As well, We've got lots of cool stuff going there. I'd ask you to please go and check that out. That's the best way to support us if you'd like to do that. You don't have to. I understand because money's tight right now, especially for some of us. But we'd appreciate it. But even if you're just listening, that's that's more than enough. So thank you guys for doing that. And along with nobody tonight, by myself, my name is Ryan, and we will catch you guys on the flip side. And we hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you guys are listening. And since no one else is here to do it tonight, GG boys. We love y'all. Have a good evening.